Welcome to the Home Inspector Marketing Podcast. Because you're a home inspector looking to increase your sales, improve your cash flow, and boost your bottom line, you are in the right place. For additional training resources on how you can grow your home inspection business, go to microreturns.com right now. And now, here's the podcast. Hi, this is Mike Crow, and I run a home inspection business. In fact, I've run a couple of home inspection businesses. The true joy for me, though, has been helping literally thousands of home inspectors build really solid home inspection businesses as well. We can help a single man operation be able to do over $300,000 a year, maybe all the way up to $400,000 a year as a single inspector operation. Even better for me is the 80 plus companies that we have helped be able to build million dollar home inspection businesses. I would like to help you be able to do the same thing. Hey guys, this is Mike Crow. We are here this time talking about chapter 16 in the book, The E-Myth, Why Most Small Businesses Don't Work and What to Do About It. Of course, uh, the new version of this book uh, is The E-Myth Revisited. Now I say new, it's been out for a long, long time long time. However, I learned from the very original book, The E-Myth Itself, and uh, chapter 16 talks about your people strategy. Now, the last time that we got together, we talked about your management strategy. I love that chapter on your management strategy, you know, and I tell my people sometimes, I wish that management wasn't needed. I wish management wasn't needed. I wish that people would just do what they're supposed to do without having to be asked, reminded, or directed, or or all that good stuff. But unfortunately, that's the same thing as saying, I wish everybody could be a millionaire. And the truth is, I do, but it isn't going to happen because some people are more driven, more organized, more systematized, more conscientious about what they do and everything. Now, with the management system set up right, though, one of the things happens is that you get a consistent flow of your business. You get a consistent product. You get a consistent system of how a service is performed. And um, the real trick behind that is a series of checklists, a series of checklists. You know, it's funny because I just had a great lunch today with three of the managers here at my company. And one of the things I talked to them about was building a series of checklists for anything, for everything, so that we have it so other people know how to do it. And You really need to do it yourself first, build the checklist, and then hand it to somebody else. Or you need to hire somebody, put them in the seat next to you, and ask them to build the checklist so that you can show it to them. I was explaining to one of our managers that I can't really promote them until they can create the system so that they can train somebody else to take their place so that I can move them up inside the company. Now, one of the things he said was, you know, how do you make it so that people don't get bored or tired of, you know, just doing the same thing every day, the routine, the the checklist. Doesn't it get boring for them? And, of course, the, the guy at the hotel there said, ah, that's where we really shine. And it does come back to your people strategy. How do you get your people to do what you want them to do? And here's the secret. You can't. <laughs> you can't get people to do anything. People do what they want to do. All right. If you can make somebody do something while you're standing there, but as soon as you walk away, they're going to do whatever they want to do. All right. And good people will want to do things right. They'll want to do what is necessary to make sure that they're moving forward. Your job in building a business is to create an environment in which doing it is actually more important to your people than not doing it. 
doing it and doing it right is more important to your people than not doing it, okay? Where doing it well, you know, becomes kind of a way of life for them. It becomes part of something they're proud of. And I will tell you that, uh, honestly, people want to be proud of what they do. And so you can set it up that direction. So the first thing, you know, that surprised me when he, when he came to work here, the manager said, was that the owner took me seriously. I want to make sure you hear that. So I, I was sitting up front in the kitchen and we had a couple of people come in, one who's just almost finishing up his training and the other one that's brand new. And I, and I, I wanted to make sure that when they speak, they know I'm hearing them, that I hear what they have to say. The other thing, of course, I wanted them to know is that the new guy that's getting ready to get turned out on his own, he's struggling a little bit with some of the stuff. I just want him to know that's normal. It's normal for all of us to struggle a little bit in some of the things we do. So the manager said that when I first came here, the owner took me seriously, okay? And then he said the second thing that surprised me when I came to work here was how seriously the boss took the operation of the hotel. And it's kind of funny because sometimes people go, Mike, you know, you take everything so seriously. And I'm going, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, my livelihood, your livelihood, your family counts on us getting it right. So it was like the hotel was an expression uh, of who he was. And I want to make sure you understand your business is an expression of who you are. Now I want you to take it a step further. Your mavens, when they do business with you, we represent and express them as well. And I don't think most people understand that. So if you haven't been with me very much, the maven is the customer, is the person that recommends us. The client is the person that's paying us. We take absolute top care of the client. They're our most important thing. However, the reason my marketing works so much better than everybody else and works five times better than anybody else is because I understand that if I can get people to refer me, and they can refer me five times a year, then that just, that makes everything so much easier. So don't forget that, you know, your business is an expression of who you are. Our business, to some degree, is an expression of who the people are that are referring us. And so it's one of the reasons I love working with certain types of real estate offices. Keller Williams is one of those, but there are a lot of great offices, some independents, in fact, that when we work with them, we are so aligned in making sure that the buyer is taken care of in the process that it feels like we work for the same company almost. But it's because that customer, that, that client, that buyer, that home buyer is so important to them and that person is so important to us, okay? So as the manager went on, he said, it was clear to me why I have so much respect for this place. It's because I have so much respect for the business, for the boss, okay? And for the boss to take him seriously and to understand how everything is working there. And if I didn't respect the business, if I didn't respect the boss, I don't think I would be as good at what I am here to do, all right? So somehow the idea of what we do here becomes part of the drive for people to want to be able to do that. And, and honestly, that is you. You, as a business owner, you are the systems. You are that drive. You are that goal that people are trying to obtain. And you need to make sure you set it high enough and worthy enough that people want to do it. And so he said, that's why he took so long to communicate to me on the first day. So when I was sitting there in the kitchen, I probably spent a good chunk of uh, my morning just talking with the new person and making sure that he knew he was uh, welcome and what was going to happen and, and, you know, all of the things that he was going to experience here. The work we do is a reflection of who we are. And if we're sloppy at it, well, it's because we're sloppy inside. And if we're late at it, 
Well, it's because we're late at sight. If we're bored at it, it's because we're bored inside. Maybe bored with ourselves, not with the work usually. All right. And so there's a piece of that that we need to know. Say work is kind of passive without you. It can't do anything. Work cannot do itself. All right. Work is only an idea before a person does it. You know, I like to tell people that things happen twice, once in your mind and then once in reality. So when I have a job to do, part of my mind is thinking through that from start to finish of what that job will look like. And I could sit out in front of a house before I went in to do the inspection. I could sit out in in front of a real estate office before I went in to do a presentation. I can sit in front of a group of home inspectors that I'm getting ready to coach, and I know what's going to happen. I know what I'm going to say. I know what I'm expecting them uh, to get out of it before it happens because it's all in my brain, okay? Work is only an idea before a person does it. But the moment we do it, The impact of that work on the world becomes a reflection of that idea and the uh, idea behind the work, as well as the person doing it. So there's no such thing as an undesirable work. When I'm working, especially with managers and different people, I tell them, man, if we have to empty the trash, that's what we do. If we have to walk around the outside and pick up trash, that's what we do. We have a place here in town called Sewell's Cadillac. And uh, the city was supposed to clean the street in front of their place. And sometimes the city did, and sometimes the city didn't. So he actually hired uh, some people, and I think eventually even bought their own vehicle to literally clean up in front of the street and everything to make sure that that part of the street was just like super clean and super nice. And there is no undesirable work. You know, uh, somebody at Walt Disney said they were there for orientation, and a lady came in and she said, by the way, how many of you are here to be like uh, custodians uh, to help keep the park clean? And like three people raised their hand. She said, "I I must have misspoken here. How many of you are here to make sure that the parks are kept clean? And a couple more people raised their hand. And she said, all right, so maybe I'm not saying this right. Let me be clear. You're all here to make sure the parks stay clean. We're all custodians. And the truth is, in my business and your business probably, it's the same way. How many of us are here to, you know, make sure if there's trash laying on the floor, we pick it up. If there's something out of place that we put it back. Okay. And so there is no such thing as undesirable work. Walt was known to pick up trash himself. You know, it's funny because you go to Walt Disney World. If you just go sit somewhere, you'll watch the clients, the customers, the attendees, uh, the whatever you want to call them, the guest at Walt Disney World pick up trash as much as the employees do sometimes. Okay. And there, there are certain people out there, though, that will see certain kinds of work as undesirable. You need to make sure that everybody understands we do whatever it takes. I like to write that into the agreement a lot of times. We do whatever it takes to make sure that the business is taken care of. And you want to make sure that they feel this way, not after they've done the work, but even before they've done the work, all right? And you want to make sure that the result is not sloppy, inconsistent, inhuman, you know, or any of that. You want to make sure that they see the opposite. And the reason that it's different is because we want everybody to work here and we want them to have the opportunity to make the choice here. And and by the way, we do that by making sure they understand the idea behind the work they're being asked to do. So a lot of times people will think, oh, well, the reason we're doing this is because somebody needs a report. No, 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 that's not it at all. Okay. Oh, we're doing this because we want to make sure the floor is clean. No. No, not at it at all, okay? One of my favorite stories about people, especially people strategies, was somebody went into NASA once, and uh, they were walking down, and they saw somebody, 
And they, they said, what is your job here? And he went, oh, I'm helping put a man on the moon. That was his job. I'm helping put a man on the moon. That's the idea behind all of the work. Turned out he was the janitor or custodian, okay? He emptied the trash. He mopped the floors. But his job, the way he saw his job was that he was helping put a man on the moon, all right? And that's the, it's the thing that we want to make sure everybody sees. We really want to make sure that everybody has a safe and, and wonderful home to live in, all right? And my whole philosophy, of course, is we are here to help people help themselves. We are here to help people help themselves. You'll hear me say that over and over again as you get to know me a little better. The guy said, it's the very first place I've ever gone to work where there was an idea behind the work that was more important than the work itself. More important than the work itself. And the idea the boss expressed to me was broken down into three parts. Now, the first part was that the customer's not always right. But whether he is or not, it's our job to make him feel that he's right. The second says that everyone who works here is expected to work toward being the best he or she can possibly be at the task that they're accountable for or they're responsible for. Okay. And then the third says that the business is a place where everything we know how to do is tested by what we don't know how to do. And that the conflict between the two is what creates growth, which creates meaning. So first, customer's not always right, but we want them to feel like they're always right. Second, okay, we want to be the best we can possibly be at everything we do. And third, okay, we want to make sure that this is a business, is a place where we know what to do because it's been tested, but we're willing to test and, and try new ideas. And all of it comes back to the meaning that we have behind the business. So a business is like, well, let's look at it this way, as the book describes it. A business is like a martial arts practice hall. A dojo, as they like to say, a place where you go to practice being the best you can be. But the true combat in a dojo is not between one person and another, as most people, you know, have this tendency to think, oh, well, you're going to be on a combat, you know, who's going to be the best at it? The true combat in a martial arts practice and in every real game we do or everything we do in life is really within ourselves. Am I doing the best I can? And how do I improve even on if I am doing the best I can? And so he says that's one of the things that the owner talked about a lot in their first meeting. And, and I talk about that a lot with our people. So I want to make sure people understand we are here to help people help themselves. Okay. And then he, he goes on to say, your people do not simply want to work for exciting people. Okay. They want to work for people who have a clearly defined structure for acting in a world, a structure through which they can test themselves and be tested. You know, I want to make sure you hear that. People want to live up to something higher. If there's a person doing that, let's say it's to put a rocket ship in space. Let's say it's to build a car. Let's say it's to build a toy, whatever it is. It isn't about putting the nut on the bolt. It's about what is done with that final product, that, that whole thing. And so... Everything you do, though, can become a game. And I will tell you that as a home inspector, I used to play games with myself all the time. How fast can I get this done? How quickly can I get something done? How accurate can I be? Can I say something that will make people laugh? Can I say something that will make people go, oh, I get that? Can I get, what can I do? So everything became a game for me during the inspection process. And there's actually, there's nothing better than a well-conceived game. And so in every business, okay, 
you need to make sure that you have and help create the games for people. A game to be played in which the rules kind of symbolize the idea you, the owner, have about the world. And if your idea is a positive one, your business will reflect that optimism. And if your idea is a negative one, well, your business will reflect that as well. We don't want that, do we? Okay. And so the degree to which you buy into your game depends upon how you communicate the game to them. And at the outset of your relationship, it's so much easier than doing it after everything has begun. So your people strategy, that's what we're talking about here, people strategy, is the way you communicate this idea. It starts out with your primary aim and then your strategic objective and continues through your organizational strategy, your organizational chart, and the position contracts, and then the operations manual that define the work that the people have to do. All of this leads up to creating the game. And the game your business is putting out there. So first, last, and always is about how you act. How are you going to act? So for instance, with our inspectors, we're telling them, hey, you want to be 30 minutes early. You want to dress exactly this way. This is how they are acting. We have a 17-point introduction. I think it's actually an 18-point introduction now that we want to make sure that the inspectors go through, okay? And you don't want it to become cynical. You want it to make sure it can kind of come alive and people can come alive while playing it. The game has to be real. You have to mean it. You have to want to make sure that that it's real, not just for them, but for you as well. And don't ever forget the game, the game they're playing as much as the game you're playing is a measure of you. And how you act in the game establishes how you will be regarded by uh, the other players. As always, if you have a question for Mike or just want to say hi, send an email to hello at coachblueprint.com. And remember, be successful and be around those that are successful because the more money you make, the more people you can help. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. And as a friendly reminder, if you're looking to increase your sales, improve your cash flow, and boost your bottom line as a home inspector, go to microreturns.com right now.